everyone. It's me, your host, Allison Lee, here at CraftCast.com. And on today's show, I talk with Carol Allen, a Vedic astrologer and relationship coach. Oh, we had a good time chatting. As well as I have, oh, some really great craft books and an app and lots of things to share with you. So let's get started. Show number 189. Starting the day again, oh yeah. Letting the sun shine in, uh oh. I'm gonna dig within myself, uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Well, hello, hello. Oh, back here at the studio. Me, your host, Allison Lee, here at CraftCast.com. Finally, spring has sprung. I'm so grateful. Yesterday, it was below 40. Today, it did hit 70. I'm a new person, just saying. So I hope you're all enjoying some good weather, wherever you all are. Uh, and so I have some things to share with you today. Plus, uh, well, I'm going to tell you already, I talked to Carol Allen. I think I said at the beginning, Vedic astrologer. I'm not sure if it's Vedic or Vedic astrologer, but whatever it is, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, plus, she's also a relationship coach. So we had a good chat. Uh, so that's going to be coming up. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I want to share with you, I have some really great craft books that I love. You know, I love sharing a good book. And these are, I guess it's because it's spring and things are finally blooming in my garden. And uh, so I'm way into flowers, way into flowers. So this first one is called Paper to Petal by Rebecca Thus and Patrick Farrell. And it's all about how to make paper flowers. And it's great fun. And then the second one is The Exquisite Book of Paper Flowers, A Guide to Making Unbelievably Realistic Paper Blooms by Livia Setti. Both of those are fabulous, great instructions, and uh, I don't know, I think I've loved making paper flowers since I was really little. Remember those huge ones out of crepe paper that we used to do and decorate parties with? I love those. Anyway, it's all about the flowers right now in my life. And then here's an app that I think you will love. Uh, It's called Waterlog. Uh, I have the link over at the craftcast.com site. Uh, or you can Google it. And it's really good. It's really good. It takes any of your photographs and changes them into artwork, a la watercolor-ish looking artwork. But it does a really good job with just one tap. (laughs) You really feel like an artist. So (laughs) I highly recommend that one. Great fun. Uh, And then you can save them, post them, play with them. You know how it is. Love that. Uh, and then, of course, big news. My son's movie, Jersey Boys, uh, opens June 20th, and the trailers have started. I went to the theater last week to watch, uh, I forget which movie it was, a Johnny Depp's new movie, which I didn't really love. I wish I loved it more, but I didn't. Uh, but there it was, the trailer for Jersey Boys before the, uh, the movie started. That was so much fun. So uh, if you're into Jersey Boys, if it is Four Seasons, the music... Uh, go see it. Uh, my son is the tall one, the Jersey boy, the young one who plays the keyboard. So check that out. 
Then there's some new videos over at the craftcast.com site. I taught my playtime patina, patina playtime class at Beadfest in April. And then I taught it online. It's really fun. It's really, really, really fun and really easy. So if you just want to have a fun, you know, weekend, two-hour, three-hour craft project and uh, make some great, fun jewelry, bracelets, cuffs is what I use, but you could use it on anything. Check that out over at the craftcast.com site, Patina Playtime, as well as another class should be up by next week that um, Jill Erickson did, Seed Bead Mosaics. So cool. I'm into these crafting classes that are uh, something fabulous and not a lot of time, (laughs) the quick fix, the immediate gratification classes that you don't have to spend a ton of money on. Definitely in the patina class, you probably have a lot of things we already use. So those are fun. So check that out. Uh, So uh, there's always great classes over at the craftcast dot com site as well. There's some a new one coming up that I just love with Robert Dancic. He always has great new materials to play with. And then I went in and shot, I have to tell you about this one. Louise Fisher Cozy's um class coming up on a I think it's called the graduated D necklace and she uses polymer clay. But she uses oil paint with polymer clay and gets these what I call redonkulous amazing colors. She mixes together all this stuff into translucent clay. Again, it's not like you'd have to, you know, buy a million supplies to do this. I can do this one. (laughs) And the results are exquisite. That's coming up live. Um, The recording isn't there yet. Anyway, check those all out. All fun. All right, onward. So before we get to my uh, chit chat today with Carol Allen, I have a piece of music. I love Grace McLean. I've played her music before. Um, And this one's sort of a funky tune, sort of fits the day, called Haven't You Noticed? So enjoy that. And come on back, and I'll be chit-chatting with Ms. Carol Allen. If when I see you, I want to throw up, it's just because each time I see you, you crawling through my corneas, and I'm not used to somebody else, swimming round in my blood, swimming round in my blood. If when you touch me, I sort of shudder It's just because your fingers feel like my fingers And I'm not used to somebody else As an extension of me As an extension of me Haven't you noticed we are a mirror We are immersed in each other We are a miracle We are immersed in each other just love the things you do into me, and I just love the way you're moving through me, and I just love the way you wander into my room looking for me. If when you kiss me I seem paralyzed, it's just because each time you kiss me I sort of die. And I'm not used to losing myself and becoming you, and becoming you. Haven't you noticed we are a mirror? We are immersed in each other. We are a miracle. We are immersed in each other. And I just love the way you see right through me. And I 
All right, I've already been laughing too much, getting ready to talk to my next guest, Carol Allen, who is a Vedic, did I say that right? No, Vedic astrologer and relationship coach. Her site is called Love is in the Stars. You're going to love what she has to say. Carol, thank you so much for chatting and laughing with me already today. Ah, thank you, Allison. I'm thrilled to, thrilled to be here. Well, first, tell us what that is, Vedic astrologer. And what is there mm. a little history or what is that? And how is that different than like astrologer? Uh, yes. So what I didn't realize until I started studying astrology is that pretty much every great civilization since the dawn of time has had its own system. So there's Mayan astrology, which we all heard about so mm-hmm. much in 2012 when mm-hmm. the, end, the world was supposed to end. Uh, there's Celtic astrology. There's Chinese, of course, which we all look at when we go to Chinese restaurants and we see our place oh, yeah, mats. Yeah, yeah. We look up our year <laughs> and our animal symbol. Uh, and, and there's this ancient system from India called Vedic astrology. And it's, it's incredible. And I uh, met a man at a party a million years ago who gave me a reading and it absolutely blew my mind. And what's wild is it's been used for, really they don't even know how long, centuries at least, possibly millennia, to arrange marriages. And it's still to this day in India, if you're Hindu, uh, you don't get married typically without the thumbs up of your village astrologer or family astrologer or local astrologer. And so the techniques for relationships are astonishing. So I combine it with relationship coaching, Mm -hmm. and it's – it's just really, really powerful. It helps people understand themselves and their partners, and more so the dynamic of the relationship itself, because relationships are a system created between two people, and you might be great, and they might be great, but maybe the system is broken, and no matter how hard you try, it's like there's always a misfire mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. a short circuit, and, uh, and, and there are techniques in this system that absolutely show exactly what's going on so it's super fun well what's an example of a system like not working between two people well one of the things that i do because it's so fascinating is i i look a lot at the charts of celebrities Mm -hmm. uh because their lives become archetypal for all of our lives and you know, it's said that one in three Americans and uh, people in the U.K. are obsessed with celebrities. So, mm-hmm. so it, you know, we, we, we can learn so much from the lives of uh, people in the media. And so I'll look at the chart of, you know, uh, of a couple. And it, recently there was a huge announcement of a very famous couple, Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband. Getting are, divorced uh, or separated. Consciously or... uncoupling, yes. Right, right. And, uh, and so when you look at the, the main 
relationship technique that this system does to arrange marriages, it says that they would have a challenge uh, feeling connected over the long haul and that actually uh, that Gwyneth would feel like the leader in the relationship and Mm -hmm. that she would feel uh, that he's not really there for her. Now, it's really interesting because, of course, none of us really knows what went on with them. And, you know, whenever I... Whenever I do, uh, I write newsletters about this stuff. And whenever I do a newsletter on a couple like this, I'll spend you know a couple of days reading everything I can get my hands on. And so you know, one report, lots of reports said you know she was the one that kept you know hurting him, and then and then it was all her idea, and he was devastated. And then other reports said he was the one that didn't want the marriage anymore, and that she was so holding on for dear life. And so who knows? We don't know. But right. there's a technique between them that is uh, considered not a great idea and it's not recommended to marry if you have this uh, this misfire. And, and Charles and Diana had the same one. Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. and her first husband had the same one. Brad and Jen had the same one. And it leads to uh, it, 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 the ancient books from the system literally say uh, this leads to misery. And it's really interesting because even if a couple has all kinds of other great stuff, Mm -hmm. which all the couples I just mentioned, except for pretty much Charles and Diana, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they all had other great stuff where they, you know, really were friends, really laughed a lot, probably, you know, had a lot of chemistry, la, la, la. And so it can be really confusing and really mystifying and but it makes it hard to join their lives fully. And, uh, you know, another great example. Can you coach fire. past that, though, before you give us another one? Can you, I mean, you know, it depends. It depends on what it is, and it depends on the severity of it. The one where uh, the woman is the leader can work if the woman's own nature is more masculine, which mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. also see in a chart. You can see traits of being proactive, positive, independent, aggressive, assertive, direct, blunt, straightforward. These are all under the umbrella of masculine traits. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, of course, there's feminine traits, which are things like, you know, yielding, receptive, passive, patient, Mm -hmm. uh, not proactive, more waiting for things to happen than making things happen, more in touch with feelings than ideas, etc., so if the woman's nature is more that and the man's nature is more feminine, then it can actually be less challenging for them. And I've done this technique now. Uh, I've, I've had a private practice for 20 <laughs> years, yeah, yeah. 23. <laughs> and I've had, so I've literally talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of, of clients where I'll say, wow, you know, do you notice when the woman's the leader, everything's her idea. She tends to be inspired first Mm -hmm. in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So she's the one that wants to go steady first, wants to, you know, get engaged first, wants to live together first, Mm -hmm. wants to get married Mm -hmm. first, wants to have a baby first, wants to buy the house first. And I'll say to a woman, do you notice everything's your idea? And, And I've never had a woman where this was the case, not know it and not feel it. Yeah. And they'll laugh. And if they, if they're more masculine, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't mind. No problem. Like, right. no biggie. You right. know? Right. But if they're more feminine and sensitive, then it's the, the challenge is women tend to feel unloved when everything's their idea. Interesting. They tend to feel like, why am I the one always tense yeah, up yeah. the head? Right. Why am I the one always persuading you? Right. You must not feel 
what I feel. Right. Oh, that's so good. You must good. not be really thinking of me. Yeah. And so what I love to, you know, to answer your question about can you coach past this, taking the pain out of that can be the healing right there. Yes. I'll say to a client, this has nothing to do with how he feels about you. You have the faster process. Yeah. You're ready <laughs> Before him, I mean, we've all, you just laughed, we've all been in relationships where we felt like we were ready first, consistently. (laughs) Well, I'm the rabbit and the turtle or whatever that was, so I know that. And so I think that, you know, I'm laughing because I can relate to that and I'm, you know. But that's such a good point of what you and said. And it's really common for the rabbit and the turtle to get together. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It's hard otherwise with two rabbits. They're, woo! Yeah, they don't have time to meet each other. No. <laughs> and two turtles don't get up the courage to no, meet each other. No, no, <laughs> so, no. Yeah, so that's one example. Um, I mean, there's a million examples. But that's, that's a very common one. And that one isn't a deal breaker. There are combinations that can be more deal breakers between people right. like for example you know recently in a, a couple years ago tom cruise and katie holmes right, that was right. a big story and again none of us really knows what really went on there but the rumor we heard again and again was that she ha- he had all the power right that he you know ran the show and she was this passive little mouse that followed the the lion right and did whatever he wanted and dropped all her friends and became a scientologist and didn't take movie parts that he didn't want her to take and that she really, uh, her power and her voice were completely usurped in the relationship. So there's, in this technique, there's something you look at that shows balance of power. Right. <laughs> it shows who has more power. So, you know, I took a look and lo and behold, he had way more gun power. And what you want is you want to be equals no surprise, yeah, you know, in a yeah. healthy partnership, right. you want to, you want to have a, you know, an equal balance of power and they absolutely didn't. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's so interesting in relationships like that research has shown 95% of the time when there's a lion and a mouse, the mouse leaves the lion and the lion is stunned. <laughs> and that's what she did, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you that is. To. That's true. And you have to slink away in the middle of the night because there's no negotiating right. when there's no balance right. of power. Right. You have to pull the rug out right. and run for your life. Right. <laughs> so, right. And there's and no that sort one's of, a deal breaker. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's done. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem possible to do that. Well, when people come to you for coaching in relationships, is it usually when they're like the last straw or is it that, you know, or is it, what's the popular sort of you scenario? Know, obviously, uh, in any kind of coaching, you're going to hear from the most upset. Right. <laughs> okay. Know? Of course. You're going to hear from right. people who are happy. The yeah. Most- on fire. Right. But because I've done it for so long, there's always, of course, a spectrum. There's people who come just for curiosity. There's right. people who had a friend do it and it just sounded like fun. So, right. okay. you know, but I will say there's an awful lot of um, trying to calm people down who are on the on the edge of the cliff, you know. <laughs> Pull them back Trying to off. call them back from the edge. Just come back. Yeah, come back and join life. us. Well, yes. now talk to us because I know – when we were just uh, warming up before, that you were going to talk about the highly sensitive person. And I know I'm not well, saying... Well, you know, your listeners are, are probably in their studios right now right. painting and right. sculpting right. and right. doing all sorts of fabulous creative projects. Right. And uh, 
And in my experience, creative people are often highly sensitive people. And the uh, in in my work, people that are spiritual are are usually the most drawn to the kind of work that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're most they're the most open to something as weird as Indian astrology from ancient India. <laughs> right. Well, and give an example of what highly sensitive is, because I think when you're in the highly sensitive group, it's only the, what you know. So anything out of that doesn't even make sense. So what would be like a little description of highly sensitive contrast to not highly sensitive? Okay. In a situation. Well, so. Uh, so what's amazing with astrology is you can see personality, you can see temperament, you can see talents, interests, you know, so artists, you can always tell charts of artists, you can always tell writers from painters, it's so fun. Hmm. And, uh, and as, a, as, a, as a whole, as a group, they, they all tend to have also the trait of high sensitivity. And in psychology, I didn't know this until not too long ago, there's a term that's uh, to 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 describe or to categorize this this group of people and it's it's highly sensitive people mm-hmm. and it's found that 15 to 20 percent of the population of the general population are highly sensitive and and so a little thumbnail sketches they literally have stronger senses so they're more sensitive to temperature they feel things more intensely they feel pain more intensely mm-hmm. they hear sounds more loudly they yeah, see yeah. sights more strongly they smell smells more powerfully it's literally like you know we all get our eyes and ears tested nobody tests to see if we we hear and see too well it's <laughs> a know? good point so and so highly sensitive people have these this intensity of feelings both physically and emotionally and so uh you know i was sharing with you uh, there's a beautiful site called highlysensitivepeople.com and there's a there's a quiz there and there's a beautiful uh there's a beautiful excerpt by, by the, the great writer Pearl S. Buck, and she says, you know, to a creative, uh, you know, a, a loss is a tragedy, mm-hmm. uh, a friend is a lover, and a lover is a god. It's actually longer than that, but yeah. she's basically saying, you know, life is on 11, you know, to quote Spinal Tap. Yes. You know, everything is ramped up. Everything is dialed up. And what I have found, because in my work, probably 80% of who takes my seminars and comes to me are highly sensitive, not 20%. It's like way disproportionate. Um, they have a lot of unique gifts and challenges in relationships. What I find is they tend to hide out. They become the best kept secret in town. Mm-hmm. They, uh, when they do sort of put their toe in the water of dating and meeting people, they take it all so hard. You know, they'll say to me, oh, I internet dated, it was devastating. You know, yeah. they use very dramatic language. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm expecting some huge story of like a guy with an axe, you right. know, putting them in their, his trunk, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, what happened? And they'll say, you know, men 10 years older than me wrote to me. And I'm like, okay, you know that happens to everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. You know that means you were internet dating, right? Like, right. But they take it all so personally. And, you know, and I don't mean to make fun because my favorite people are like this. I mean, oh, me too. I, I fall into this category, so I understand this. The you know. best people in the world fall into this category. Yeah. <laughs> and the greatest thinkers, creators, therapists, teachers, you know, artists. I mean, it's like, thank God for right. this 
part of the population. And it's not easy to be this way. And it's not easy to try to open yourself up to love and rejection. And, you know, and so, you know, I have so many women that show up at my door and they are beautiful and successful and funny and heart centered and just like they have so much to offer. And they dated somebody for, you know, maybe three months who hurt them seven years ago and they haven't dated since because they're still smarting. And so that's the thing that breaks my heart. And that's where when I meet somebody highly sensitive, I go, oh, no, (laughs) because they have such a challenge with my area of expertise, you know. And so when I when when they read online, like, oh, that they should just, you know, date more and make more of an effort. And, you know, it's it's very hard for them to do what's not hard for the rest of the world to do. You know, it's so good to expose that because I remember hearing about this and, um, you know, if you grow up and you're artistic and stuff, you know, I would hear things like, you're overly sensitive. I remember right. thinking, okay, that must be bad. You're over- and then finally... Yeah, you go real- through life with everyone telling you not to be who you are. Yes, and you're you- overly and sensitive. That was the common thing. All you people out there who are hearing that right now are going, yes, I hate that. And it's like, well, no, you're just, you're sensitive. I mean, I guess if you put it on a meter, but it's no such thing as overly sensitive. Well, and the implication is that you have a choice. So just stop yeah, choosing good point. to be that way. Good like, point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> As though it's like saying to somebody with blue eyes, stop having blue eyes. Yeah, it's a Change very your eye color. good point. Just, just, just decide to have brown eyes. You know, I made a decision because I've always been in the creative world and I hire photographers and I always work with models and, you know, supermodels and blah, blah, blah. And that all came with people having reputations before I meet them of being a diva or whatever. And I had made a decision, bring it on, because if you're a diva and you can back it, you're not just, you know, a bunch of bull. <laughs> that means you're good and you're good because you will not put up with, you're going to be as sensitive as it ever to make it as personal as possible. And it looks like diva. And as far as I was concerned, give me a room full of those people because at least I know what the deal is and people are going to the nth degree, but it got labeled a lot as diva. Well, and those people, what's going on with them is they're so sensitive to nuance and subtlety. Yes, yes. And they want everything just right. Right. And they notice things that other people don't notice. Yeah. My best, all my best friends are highly sensitive. And, you know, one of my dearest friends, she's the the diva personified. I mean, we go to breakfast somewhere and we have to switch tables three times. Right, and right. She has to send right. back her coffee because right. it's not hot enough. I and, know. you know, she doesn't like the sauce on the eggs Benedict. And, you know, like, yeah. and so it seems really high maintenance. Correct, and correct. in her work, she's very creative. She's She can read a room. She can dial into exactly what somebody's yeah. feeling. Yeah. I mean, highly sensitive people... Part, one of the challenges in relationships is they fall very easily because mm. there's this incredible openness and empathy. It's almost like you're missing skin. You know, you have less boundaries yeah, between yeah. you and other people. Yeah, yeah. And so they can do that across a crowded room thing. And then because their senses are so strong, if there's chemistry with someone and if sex is great, it's not a 10 on a scale of 10. It's a 25 on a scale of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get completely swept away. And, you know, and so, so they Out of either, balance, totally. Yeah, they either get hurt and don't date or take it all too hard. Or when they do date, they fall in love in five minutes and they 
get lost in a sex coma for, right. you know, however long that works out. <laughs> and then they get hurt, and then they don't date for seven years. You know, so, so I'm constantly oh. telling them, I wish I could get you a dowager auntie to take you, to go with you on dates, to help screen people, because as soon as a, a sensitive person feels a connection yeah, yeah. to someone else, they're toast, you know? It doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it's, so, very, oh, it's so good yeah. to put words around that, though, because it makes sense as opposed to feeling that, you know, you're set up in a loser that way, that it makes sense. Right, right, right. And what I love in astrology is it explains all this, and then it also explains something that was so helpful for me when I was struggling in relationships. Uh, it, it explains timing. You know, we all actually have almost like a train schedule for our lives Mm -hmm. that shows seasons, essentially, seasons of success and failure, seasons of Mm -hmm. love and loneliness, you know, seasons of money and (laughs) poverty, maybe. And, uh, And so what I love being able to do, too, with highly sensitive people isn't just to say, guess what, this is a gift, this is one of the best things about you, it just means you need more support and you need to you know, slow down and not sleep with somebody very quickly. Right. <laughs> you need to not hide out at home and take it all so personally. But I also am able to say, yeah, the last few years have maybe been challenging, but here's when it gets good or here's when if you internet date, it'll work. And mm-hmm. here's when things start to turn around for you. And so for your creative people out there that maybe haven't had the success that they would like mm-hmm. yet, or, you know, that can all be seen, uh, in the stars too. So, and give you a little bit of a blueprint of what's going on. Cause if you know what's going on at that point, it does help. Well, it, it makes it less your fault. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. But there's, there's like a bigger plan. There's a greater, yeah. there's a greater system at play. I, I like to use the analogy of the weather. If it rains, it's not your, it's not because you didn't do something right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. rain. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah. the same is true for rejection and the same, you know. Well, it must hold true stuff. with people and artists and their artwork because that's a love affair in its own way. And it, it's, you know, talk about highly sensitive. It's a lot. People putting their work out creatively. It's a very sensitive area. And oh, my have, gosh. Yeah. Of course. You have that on top of it. It's a wonder that any of us do it sometimes. Right. You know, make something, put it out there. Okay, what do you think? <laughs> and wait to see what the reaction is. Right. It's, you know, it, it's a lot. Now, you mentioned a few times there um, internet dating. Is that, I did it way back. I haven't, I've been involved for quite some time, but I did do it. And is it something that you think is a great asset, a great tool, or do you, you know, say yay or nay on that? Well, okay. So one in six marriages now, they say, begin online. Hmm. And it's, it's given people access mm-hmm. that they never would have otherwise had. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been such a boon, especially for women, mm-hmm. because it used to be you, you hoped your friends knew someone or you hoped you would have some magical chance encounter like in the movies. Yeah. And it's, it's a way to proactively shop for love. And um, so I'm a big fan and there's a ton of challenges to it and so appreciating what's normal what you know there are actually strategies to internet dating and 
you know, as somebody with a business now that has a whole online component, mm-hmm. I've had to learn an enormous amount of marketing. And when you're internet dating, you are marketing yourself. Yeah. A friend of mine who, you know, is also a, a love coach, she calls it, you're a romantic lifestyle brand. Ooh. And your profile <laughs> is your commercial. And yeah. so if you, you know, one of the best things you can do if you're going to internet date is to study just a teeny bit of marketing. And the idea with marketing is who's your prospects? And what do they want? So writing your profile with that in Mm. mind, like the kind of person Mm -hmm. you're looking for, what Mm -hmm. is it that's going to speak to them and make you stand out in this Mm -hmm. ocean of people? So Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of it if it's done right and if people have the right point of view. If If you have the attitude that this could take a year, I, yeah, should, yeah. I should reach out to people first, even if I'm a woman. It's not a dance. I'm not in a room with anybody. I need to contact people first. And I'm going to have a lot of wasted conversations that right. lead to nothing. Right. And I'm going to get maybe like propositioned for kinky sex with somebody right. ugly. <laughs> right. So if you have the right attitude and people are going to lie about their age and their weight and their yeah, income. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, if you know that that's part of the deal – and it also happens in life, yeah. you know? Now, I remember that when I did it. There was, and I think, now, you lied about what you look like by about 150 pounds. Were you <laughs> thinking when I saw you? What were you thinking when we met? But, you know, I will tell you, Allison, I've had so many friends and clients bitch and moan and resist and say, it's going to take all this time and it's going to be such a headache. and I'm going to meet so many idiots and I'm going to have so many lame email exchanges with people that are lying. And the second guy they inter- interact with is their husband. I mean, yeah. it's like, no, I loved ah. it. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. I loved it. And I, I did, I went out every Monday on a, on a, on a, um, I guess it was match.com way back just because it was a great way to meet people. You never know. Right. Meet people. Right. Who knows? They might introduce you to someone. It was great. Right. Everyone is so busy. And, you know, you're yeah. talking about artists. You know, these people, your yeah. listeners, you, you guys are like locked in a studio exactly. by yourself covered in paint. How exactly. are you going to meet somebody? Like, exactly. At, no, at I, the gas station? Like, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Right? No, I'm a big fan. I think it's a great way to meet people. And obviously, today's day, I mean, you know, I sell lots of online classes as well and we love meeting each other so you just it's great I'm a big fan of it yes it's it's a good thing for people you can learn a lot well uh then 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 you're on your way then you have to go through that curve of how great it is in the beginning until you then need a coach to help you when you hit the first bump (laughs) (laughs) right which the first bump is there an idea when the first bump comes along usually is there a, a set in that as well a set time do you think or no Oh, you know, every every relationship is unique, but there are stages to relationships. So the beginning stage is, you know, is basically what I call the the fantasy stage. Do you fulfill each other's fantasy? Right. Are you living up to what 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 the person's initial thought of you was? Right. Are you as fun as they thought? Are you as cute as they thought? Are you as you know? Are you are you as warm as they thought? Are right. you? Are you, is the chemistry as good as they hoped? That kind of thing. But then you get into you know needs and wants. Do you have compatible needs and wants? How much time do you want to spend together? Yeah, there how you much, go. There's the next how much one. sex do you want to have? Yeah. Where do you want to eat? Right. What, you know, what time do you go to bed? Right. How often do you work out? If one of you is religious and the other one isn't, do you mind? Like, right, right. you know, can you get your, your needs met? Do you right. like each other's friends? Do you like each other's music? Do you right. like each other's families? <laughs> and anything can break down at any time. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, 
there's no guarantee. You can have a fabulous first few weeks and an amazing first, like, roll in the hay and, like, love each other's friends and, like, you know, at any time it can break down. Yeah. So I would love to say, like, on date five, here's what to expect. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, some couples skip stages and go straight to, like, coupledom in a few hours. I mean, like, every couple's different. But I will say there are certain certain stages that are pretty hallmark um you know like by three months on average the average couple that ends up married um is socially and sexually monogamous you know they're right 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 and you know my coach friends are like oh carol it's by 30 days you know it's like when people really know they know you know um, and then by nine months, you're each other's first priority. So right, if, it's your, right. if it's your beloved's birthday and your mother's birthday, you blow off your mother. You right. <laughs> so, um, and by 18 months, the average couple that ends up married is engaged. And, you know, 18 to 22 months. And the longer these things take to happen, typically, unless there's some huge ex- extraneous circumstances like, you know, long distance or illness or somebody's still in school or somebody's building a company or somebody, you know, has an illness, whatever, um, then usually these, these are pretty good statistics to know because the longer these things take, usually it's, it's a bad sign. So okay. if, you're, if you've been together three years and there's no marriage talk, that's, you know. And if you want is, marriage, right. Right, right, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if yeah. you've been dating three months and there's no exclusivity talk, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're in a quality casual relationship. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, it's so helpful sometimes to know these. It is. Things. And it's good to have assistance. Oh, you've shed some light, darling, on some things for me. It was very good to hear some, some oh, advice so like glad. that. That was very good. I love your whole highly sensitive part. Uh, and everyone listening, you can go to Carol's site, loveisinthestars.com, and then people can get, tell them what they can get over your site. People who oh, my gosh. Well, first everything. of all, I have, a, I have a newsletter that I have so much fun with, and okay. that's where I write about, you know, celebrities, but I also, I share all my favorite relationship tips. Okay. I, uh, I share what's going on astrologically, like, month to month, like, when cool. big things happen, like, you know, we're about to have, like, a big eclipse, a big lunar eclipse this month. What does that mean? And right. What should I do? You, you know, so I, I write about all that kind of fun stuff. All and right. then, um, but then I have really fun reports. So we talked about this compatibility technique that's so amazing. Uh, I have a report called the right man report. And, you know, it's nine to 11 pages of what's going to misfire in your relationship and what can you do about it? And what, what, what's your fault and what's not basically. Cool. Um, and then I have really fun, uh, what are called relationship capacity reports. So like if you meet somebody and you're having, you know, sex that's 25 with them and everything's at 11 and it's going great. Um, you know, there's a report that can show you, are they as good as they seem or is it going to maybe come crashing down? And is there something you should know that can help you, navigate it and uh so i have all kinds of stuff i have a timing report and then i have all sorts of fun programs with my favorite relationship tips and tools and um yeah so i've just had a ball the last few years creating that catalog of things and uh and it's 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 very groovy love it okay love is in the stars.com everyone go check that out say hello to my friend carol tell them all you you heard it here at craftcast.com thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with us and sharing thank you allison it was my pleasure you're welcome absolutely well i hope you all enjoyed that and had some fun listening to carol uh 
share her advice on all kinds of things. Love that. It's always good to get relationship info. Uh, And if you're listening on the site, uh, go get the CraftCast app. Uh, You can find the link also over at the CraftCast site because there's always bonus material there. And today, Carol shared um, a piece of advice, her most favorite piece of advice for singles and her favorite piece of advice for couples. So go check that out. There's always bonus info when you have the app. Lots of fun. All right. So one other quick thing I just wanted to share with you. I always like to do a little ET, little entertaining thought time of the show. And it is spring and I'm promoting spring cleaning. I just finished doing my own in my closet and there is, I think, a lot to be said for uncluttering and letting go. Uh, One of the best things about it, it really creates space for new projects. So give yourself permission to clean out uh, the closet, clean out the crafting area, let go of those unfinished projects. Because I know, I know it stops so many people that they think, oh, I don't, I can't start anything new. I have to finish something. You know, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to finish everything. You can enjoy the process and just save it as something you learn. So spring cleaning, love that. And one of the things, uh, when I was working in the city with a wonderful stylist, when I was doing art direction, we used to have a saying called one drawer at a time because we used to talk about cleaning out our closets and we referred to anything that was overwhelming, we would just take it one drawer at a time. So, you know, your whole dresser, if there's eight drawers or whatever, if you only think about having to do one, that's it. I'm just doing one. And then one each morning, let's say, while you're drinking some coffee. <laughs> it gets done. Anything gets done when you approach it, just one drawer at a time. So that's my little talk on spring cleaning. I think it's a great thing to do. Just unclutter, let go. You'll feel lighter and create more. So there you go. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to hear uh, me here at CraftCast. Come on over to CraftCast.com where you can get all kinds of fun videos and sign up for a live class, lots of other podcasts as well. Uh, and you can contact me at Allison at CraftCast.com. Loved hearing from all of you, getting your emails. But you know what I have to say. Get your butt in the chair. And keep crafting. Just get your-